Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program, everybody. Hey, have we got a surprise for you? She didn't know I was going to make a big deal out of this, but Merritt Meekum is in the house. She's back. Producer I'm, extraordinaire. I'm here. You made it. I know. All she, the way from you California. Did, you did an internship. Where did you go? I went to Santa Hollywood. Monica. Yeah, Hollywood. You went to we'll just Hollywood. say that because it sounds more glamorous. And you, you, what was your internship? I was interning with the production and development department of Lionsgate Entertainment. Wow, Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Right. Yes. And you learned how to then start to choose the right script? Yeah, yeah. Basically, um, what I was doing was going through all the scripts that come through and Weeding through them, what makes you know, trying to decide what makes a good story, what would make a good movie, what is topical and relevant to oh, the audience, yeah. and you're it was a lot of fun. So. See, so now, and, and you're back, and you're helping us produce the show again. Yes, I am. So that means you're going to take all of that incredible learning, <laughs> all of it, and you're going to somehow fold it back into the show. <laughs> Obviously, we missed you. Well, that's that's very nice of you. We had nobody speaking eloquently about movies. I nobody. can do that. Well, no, Sean does. Sean is, yeah. But like, but I Thanks, know. Thanks, man. Yeah, Sean. Sean's eloquent. <laughs> it's kind of his job, yeah. you know. No, I mean, he and, and he does a great job. You though got me to go watch a movie I would never on earth watch. Which one was that? Um, I can't remember. Oh, you I know what? Going to be really excited about my best success. Exotic no, uh, Marigold Hotel. No, that was you. You got me to do that. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went last night and watched a movie. I, we we went to the theater as a family, and I cannot tell you the name of the movie. But it was a football team. When the game stands tall. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? I guarantee by 310, I will have forgotten that name. I will believe you. That is a hard name. But now that you're back, I'll have two movie buffs teaching me all about movies. I, I can drill it into your head. That was a good movie. Sean, have you seen that one? Yes. I liked it a lot. That was good. Has a, a kind of a religious theme to it because it is a Catholic high school that yeah. the coaches, 150 wins. coach has, but 151 wins consecutively, and mm. then there's yeah. some tragedy that befalls the team. But don't want to go too far into it if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, we don't want a spoiler alert, but that it jives with our show today, becoming your best self. Have you seen it? You I seen have it? not seen it yet. You've been out of the loop. I have. That's one you're going to want to go see. Okay. Put it on my list. It was either that or Guardians of the Galaxy, which my I was all gang gung-ho for, and my wife kind of said no. <laughs> I don't. I think she just thought it was going to be a superhero movie. That's Something exactly like that. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think she read that somewhere. Which well, movie did, is that? Wonder where. Guardians of Guardians? the Galaxy. Gee, no, that's not a superhero movie. I went and saw that yesterday myself. Did you? Yes. We could have seen each other. For the third time. See, you need to write my wife. <laughs> she thought the children would like a – this is our dilemma. Our kids don't want to go to a movie because none of them have the same taste. Understandable. We left our youngest home, son home. We uh, left him home. We're know, not taking you. My family has that issue. What do I'm, you do? I'm in the middle and my youngest sister is 12 and my older brother is in grad school studying music. And it's really hard when we're like home over Christmas to yeah. all sit down and try to get together. And we found – 
reverting to the classics always works oh, dumb really and well. So we oh, do geez. things. We watched Jurassic Park this summer. Oh, there you, you go. You know, we'll, yeah. Jaws, yeah. you go, you know, go to like the absolute have, classics. Have you like Dumb and Dumber? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why you keep. I did that yesterday too. That. Did you go to Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> no, I went. Ghostbusters was back in theaters yeah. for a week, so yeah. I, I took a couple of my kids and went and saw Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's just weird to me. To spend that much money to, on a movie that you've. Oh seen. no 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 no! Go to a matinee. Oh, there you go. Uh. That's good. I don't know how we got on and, that topic. And but... next next week, Forrest Gump will be in IMAX. Oh boy, I've fallen in love starting with the soundtrack. Fr- starting Friday, 3D. Yeah, I want to see that. I don't know if it's I would 3D. love to see Forrest Gump IMAX 3D. Running. Yeah. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah. Run, Forrest, run! <laughs> oh, it's so real! <laughs> Holy cow! You can hear his sneakers <laughs> hit the ground. <laughs> well, welcome back. Thank you it's very so much. It's so good to have you back. It is good to be back. I can't tell you how many times we thought about you and just thought, where did she put that? Where's this thing? Where did that go? Where did it go? Utilitarian aspects. But you're you're back, and now we'll be able to just soak in all you've learned. Great. You are now becoming your best self. I am. That internship was definitely – I knew it would. I'm I'm getting toward my gold. Now you're going to produce a movie next year? Obviously. That is how it goes, everyone. That's great. Yes. Well, welcome back. Hey, today's topic, uh, Becoming Your Best Self, um, Sean's been looking through the news headlines to figure out stories around becoming your best self. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Sean, uh, were you able to find any? Yes, Any headlines? Yeah. Well, you know how we've had had school shootings in this country? Yes. That have happened, and, and they are very, very tragic. Yes. Um, We don't appreciate it when things like that happen. Uh, But there are some parents who are being a little proactive. Why? Where? About that sort of a thing. It's actually happening happening locally for us. It's in Bountiful. Really? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Well, there are parents there who are concerned about uh, safety at Bountiful Elementary School. So they decided to uh, get some stuff in gear, and they've raised more than $10,000 to upgrade the security at the school. Really? Yeah. Parents. Parents. A little fundraiser. Yeah. And they're going to now hopefully not arm. They're going to set up an no, armory. What are they but, going to do? But they're doing things like, well, one of the one of the teachers said, you know, they have, they've had a sign out in the hallway and it reads, visitors, please check in at the office. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a typical sign you sure. see at a school. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But every day you see people just, they walk up to the sign and then they just go right on and go to the whatever they're going to do. They don't go to the office. To sign in so yeah, that somebody they knows they're there. Quiet, right. Exactly. So now what are they going to do? Uh, they have doors that don't lock. Ah. Things like that. It's just, you know, but, so they're going to upgrade the security. You know what? And the, that's proactive because it seems like mm-hmm. if anything did happen, they would at least know, you know what? We tried. We've done everything we can to secure our children. Uh, yeah. There are, they are reacting a little bit to the media of it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. Mm-mm. If, if And I think they're trying to make things better for their kids. Well, again, our topic of our to show today is becoming your mm-hmm. best self. So, I mean, the thing about it, too, is um, I think a lot of us have more regrets for what we wish we had done. Yes, and so I would agree. And so maybe this is, this is an act of parents doing all they can do. You're not going to curb all violence in the world. It's just no, not going to happen. No, but if you can, but it if is you what can you stop can some of it, maybe. That's right. Yeah. That's cool. Good headline. Good job, Bountiful Utah. Another gentleman in Pittsburgh by the name of Phil Laboon. Phil Laboon. He was going to get married. 
Oh, he was past yes, tense. He had a he had a mar- he had a whole thing uh, planned out. The wedding yeah. was planned out, and then the relationship kind of fizzled. Yeah, but he had everything no, it, planned. It, it, not just fizzled; it ended. Did he have it? Did he ha- had he already paid for everything? Oh, it was prepaid, <sighs> prepaid wedding plans. So, but instead of taking the loss and canceling everything, yeah, altogether, what did he do? Well, he decided that he would turn his would-be wedding reception into a charity ball, raising money for Surgicor International. Surgicor, I assume, is a surgical group mm-hmm. that yep. travels and The story went a little viral. Yeah. And he had over 800 requests online from people to buy tickets, willing to fly in, people wanting to support this. What a stud. People donating tens of thousands of dollars. So here he could have gone in the hole, whatever. Let's yep. just say it's 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And instead, he says, we're having a charity event. I'm raising money for this group. And he turned the whole thing into a ball. Mm-hmm. And now Surgicor International is actually a program that treats children in developing countries uh, for Beautiful. free. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a you know Doctors Without Borders yeah. sort of thing. 800, 800 people paid tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So does it say well, that's how much how, he's That's raised? how they had requests. Uh, it does not say how much they raised. Holy cow. But still – People were offering tens of thousands of dollars to go to this event. You know what? This guy's going to get married. Mm-hmm. This is going – I mean, who doesn't want to marry someone that's charitable? Uh, it says they're still tallying up the whole total amount. So What a – Phil Laboon. That's, Phil's my hero of the day. Okay. I just – he's officially hero of the day. There you go. Uh, James, you need to find hero of the day music. That works for me. I don't know. That's that's, that's from Zelda. That's kind of like, hey, you just got the high score. <laughs> okay, it is. We need we need something that's more like. So just think of parade music. Actually, that's that's when you throw the bomb and open up the cave entrance. That's the sound that you get. <laughs> Ooh, scary. That's when you find the dungeon map in the treasure chest. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm talking to two geeks. <laughs> two geeks. But okay. we're good. Good geeks. We're bettering ourselves at being geeks. No, you guys by by far have become the best geeks I've ever met. That was a great story, Sean. Thank you. Phil Laboon. There you go. So, you know, when the world hands you lemonade and your wife, your soon-to-be wife. Well, that was one of the taglines actually on this story. Instead of making – instead of getting lemons, he made lemon aid. Oh, A-I-D. Cute. A-I-D. <laughs> Phil Laboon. See, that's, that is the spirit of today's show. How do you take life – you know, it's going to come at you. It's going to beat you down. But how do you become your best self as you're going through life? Dr. John Hilton's going to be joining us. Boy, have we got a show for you. Dr. John Hilton here from BYU. He's going to be teaching us some ways that we can uh, improve ourselves by taking responsibility, losing comparison, managing our words better. Later, Meg Conley will be in the house. Merritt's back talking aspirations with us. And we're going to wrap up the show talking about our aspirations, our goals. Hey, if you have some ideas on your dreams, your goals, how you'd like to become your best self, or if you have some advice to give the rest of us on how to become our best self, give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, or tweet us at BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hey, today we're talking about becoming your best self. And, um, you know, sometimes you wonder, I, just as a dad sitting home over <laughs> Labor Day weekend, oh, by the way, I, ah, I'm not my best self. Uh, I have a problem because I've, I use too much technology. And my neck is frozen in the in, in the wrong direction. It's pointing. I have neck. I have neck tunnel syndrome. It's like carpal tunnel, but in your neck. It's yeah. It's cervical okay. tunnel syndrome. Wow. I just made that up. <laughs> really? Does it sound like it? This sounds genuine. No, it sounds no. really professional. It's. Uh, I'm paralyzed. I, so it's sad because our guest today, uh, Dr. John Hilton, is joining us, but he's on my left, and I can't turn to the left. So I have to rotate my. Seat. Dr. John Hilton is an assistant professor here at Brigham Young University and is, interestingly, a professor of ancient scripture, which, by the way, I have Sunday school lesson I'm teaching Sunday I need to ask you about. Let's talk. Um, <laughs> but he also has managed he's, he's uh, managed social media and public-facing f- uh, Internet sites for, for LDS seminaries and institutes. He received a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University, went to Harvard, got a master's degree there, came back to BYU because he couldn't get enough and uh, just had to come back and, and got your master's and your, bat- and your doctorate in education. Yeah, correct. PhD from education here at BYU. Holy cow. Uh, you met your wife, Lonnie, where? We met uh, in our undergraduate years. Oh, did you? Uh, in the Wilkinson Center. For those of you who are familiar with Brigham Young University, so that's you know that's the Wilkinson Center is just the hangout spot where all of the food you can get all the food you need. You can hang out. That's where you worked your magic. That's right. Good job. And man, you had five kids along the way. Yes, in fact, we just recently had a number six. Number six. So, I have six kids. Okay. I think Bill Cosby had five, and he said he had five because he. Uh, I think he said five because four would have no. Five because six would have killed him. <laughs> and I felt the same way. And then I had six. And then I'm like, I'm dead. Look how good you're, you're only paralyzed. I know. I can't move my neck. It's because we all sat around watching movies and watching TV and watching football, which started. Hey, um, so here's the deal. John taught a class. I taught three classes at Education Week. And a lot of you have heard about Education Week. It's been on the show. We've been, we actually broadcast live last week from Education Week. It's where about, I don't know, 20 or so thousand people gather, thousands of different classes. I don't know the numbers. They don't ever tell me, so I always make them up. But um, at least 20,000 people. There's a lot of people here. Yeah. And then – but John taught two or three classes, which is where we got this topic idea for becoming your best self. You had three different classes on how to become your best self. Yeah, different aspects. You know, For example, taking responsibility versus making excuses or oh, yeah. not comparing yourself to others, the language we use. There's so many ways, I think, that we all know we could be a little bit better than we could. Okay, are. so talk about taking responsibility. You see in our culture, you know, worldwide, you see a lot of people that are blaming a lot of people for a lot of their problems. By the way, they're probably all justified. And there's real data, right, that other people, you know, influence you. But – Apparently, taking responsibility may be more important than blaming somebody. Why? Well, to yeah. our happiness, to our growth. There was a, a leader, Lynn Robbins, came and uh, spoke once, and I was, I was there, and he said, anytime you make an excuse, it will hurt you. Huh. And I've come to really believe that's true because at the core, it starts to weaken me. I start to believe that I can't. I have to. Oh, yeah. She made me. I yeah. don't have time. And and it's so easy, though, to make an excuse. I mean, just think if you're trying to wrap up a conversation with someone. Oh, hey, sorry, I got to go. I got to. Who, who <laughs> is forcing you to, to leave? You know, yeah. but it's just it's more polite. It sounds yeah. better. 
It but, is. But when we when we actually take responsibility for actions, I think it strengthens us on the inside. Yeah. Haven't you noticed just – and we'll get into your words later, but owning your um, choices, it, it, it changes every choice you make from here on out. Right. It, but it's hard because I hear my kids say, yeah, the coaches made me do this. And I had one of my sons that had a pass interference call. He's a receiver. He caught a great long pass. But he also climbed up the defender and pushed off a little bit. <laughs> None of us wanted to admit that. But it's just interesting trying to teach your kid that the story you're going to tell right now about the pass interference is really important. Right. Because this is either you're going to learn from it right now or you're just going to add more stories. And we do. We like our stories maybe more than the ownership. It's so much easier. Why so much is that? You're an educator. Well, I think for one thing, it sounds better. It sounds a lot better if – he made me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice. The coach made yeah. me. That guy ran into me. Right. There's no responsibility. I'm yeah. It's much easier. We live in a culture that I think in large measure doesn't want to take responsibility because it's much easier for someone else to. Yeah. Well, think about that. He can blame the guy that ran into him. He could blame the position they, were, they ended up being in. He could blame a quarterback for a short throw. He could blame the refs for not seeing it. I mean – there's no end. The problem is none of those are going to make him better. Well, and the other thing, too, is that all of those lead to uh, no consequence because if it's not my fault, I shouldn't have to bear a consequence for it. But if I do take responsibility, then I'm going to be yeah. at some level held accountable for why. But again, that that's the point, though, John. Nobody wants the consequence unless it's a touchdown. Except for, yeah, that's true. <laughs> In that case, that's true. I think that part of the part of the interesting thing is that maybe there is there's a positive consequence that comes when we take responsibility that we don't see immediately. Hmm. It comes in greater trust. Yeah. Uh, for example, in an interpersonal relationship, greater strength of character. Yeah. So there is the positive side, but it's easy to go for the quick fix of the excuse. You know what? It's I see you see it a lot in sports. Um, I don't know why, but I'm becoming. I, I, when I first time I saw it, I thought they were barbarians. I like mixed martial arts. Hmm. I mean, if you look at me, yeah, I mean, you could be a competitor, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Ripped. Uh, James laughs. Alyssa laughs. Rude squared. Um, But but one of the things I noticed. So like, if one of those uh, you know UFC guys kicks somebody in a low blow, almost always they'll admit it. My bad. I got Mm. it. My bad. Or if they do something wrong, they'll stop. And and it's. Which is weird for me because these uh, you don't see it in football all the time. Like if you did something wrong, we should say something. You know, I used to teach high school and I, I taught my high school students about take, taking responsibility versus making excuses and the language, you know, saying yeah. I chose to instead of I had to. Well, a couple of days after I taught this class, one of my students showed up to class uh, late and then later on skipped class altogether. So I called his parents because you know this was becoming a pattern. And sure. He came back to class the next day and he was mad. He said, you know, why did you call my dad? I got in so much trouble. <laughs> I said, well, why did you skip my class? And he said, because I chose to. And I, you know, I thought it was good. It, he, That's great. He had the language he down, <laughs> and then we had to talk about well, just because you chose to doesn't mean you know there's no consequences. Well, associated. well, and you chose to call his dad, right? It's all choices. And then, and I think when we realize that, we're stronger. I agree. And, and again, I guess you also see a direct parallel to becoming your best self. I mean, you can't become your best self if you're never going to own you. Because you can't fix it because right. it's not your fault. It's someone else's fault. And as long as it's someone else's fault, I can't fix it. But if I stop making excuses and take responsibility, 
Now I can do things I've never done because I'm in charge. See, I I love that. And I can hear because I, I teach that to my clients. And then a lot of times they look at me like, so I'm the reason? You're saying I'm the reason that my husband is a jerk. And I'd say, well, no, he's just a jerk. But you're the reason you got so offended that you did mm. this and then the cops got called. So how do we not go too far and you know what I mean and take – the fault if it's really not our fault. And right. how do we know where's what's the proper line of taking responsibility? You don't want to take more than is yours. Yeah, and I think you're right. In some circumstances, clearly this could be a negative, yeah. a negative thing. For me, I think one of the keys is to look at the choices that I'm making, either to act or to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, so for instance, you can choose to say something rude to me. I can choose to be offended by that. I can choose to walk away. You know, and, and obviously in extreme cases, I'm going to choose to call some authorities to right. restrain you from negative actions in the future. Yeah. But all of those are my choices. And when I realize that, it, I think it makes a big difference. Oh, it, t- it totally does. We're talking with Dr. John Hilton um, about – he's a professor here at BYU, assistant professor. And he's teaching us, you know, different ways to become your best self. Taking responsibility is one of them. Um, is there – I guess is there a downside – to taking responsibility, to being responsible for your life. Is there a downside? The only downside is along the way, we're all going to make mistakes. And so I'm going to be held accountable for those mistakes. But in the long term, the upside is I become stronger and people trust me more. I mean, we think about it. Everybody out there in listener land, think of somebody you revere. Think of somebody you respect. Think of somebody you'll follow. Odds are there's somebody that they, they take responsibility. I mean, you think, about a, you, you think about a phrase like the buck stops here. Uh-huh. You know, when a poli- politician says that, wow, I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. I, well, think I know. This guy took responsibility. <laughs> you don't then, hear that all the time. Well, you hear it all the time, but they never do. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they never – then you want them to take it. Okay. Because you're – okay. But then, well, it wasn't me. Right. I don't run the whole government, just these parts of it. It's that, that's, the, that's an important part. We trust people that are responsible. That's powerful. We're going to come back. We're talking more with Dr. John Hilton here from Brigham Young University, associate professor here, and he's teaching us uh, some keys, some tools to make sure that you're becoming your best self. When we come back, we're going to discuss comparison, the cancer, I think, of comparing yourself to everyone else around you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Remember, we're trying to help you find the good in the world. You're listening to Brigham Young University or to BYU Radio right here on the campus of Brigham Young University. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about becoming your best self. You know, it's a hard thing. Life just keeps happening. I don't know if this happens to the rest of you. Life is great. You exercise. You're feeling good. I was feeling so good. I think I actually got a cold, which did mess me up a bit. Then I was on my iPhone, my iPad all weekend. It's an extended weekend. My neck froze up, and I realized I'm not becoming my best self. I'm becoming my best stiff-necked, stiff-necked self, not naked. 
That sounds wrong. But um, in the house, Dr. John Hilton is joining us. He's an assistant professor uh, here at Brigham Young University. He um, he got a master's degree from Harvard in education, which means you know he's smart. And he has a PhD from Brigham Young University. He's married, has six wonderful children, and he spoke at Education Week while he was uh, teaching. He was teaching everybody how to become their best self. And we've already talked about the importance of taking responsibility. Dr. Hilton, welcome back. Thanks. Great to be here. Good to have you. Talk about comparison because we live in a world where everybody is comparing themselves to every, everybody else's perfectly, beautifully, you know, airbrushed self. Yeah, let me just start out with a little story. I was, I was teaching high school students, and we were talking about the propensity of comparison. And I had them all write down on three-by-five cards. This is maybe on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. They're writing down on three-by-five cards. How, how does comparison affect you? That Saturday, uh, I had been building a swing set for some time. Was, <laughs> that was the day we finished it. That, but that, but that could take years. Yeah. It took me five months, a lot of help from my brother-in-law. How many parts were left over? Well, <laughs> we just hammered them all in at the end. <laughs> Yes. But I'm not handy, you know. Oh, yeah. So th- this was a huge endeavor for me, and it was a magical day. You know, the swing set's done; we're enjoying it. My girls come up to me and they said, "Hey, Dad, there's only one problem with the swing set. There's just three monkey bars." And I said, "Girls, you're going to love those monkey yeah. bars because we're never getting any more." That's right. I was so happy. I go back to school on Monday, and um, we, we talked on the subject a little bit more. Some students who hadn't turned in the three by five cards turned them in. So that night. I'm reviewing all their comments, and my wife and I and the kids were driving to my brother-in-law's house for a little barbecue, and I could not believe that all of my students struggled with comparison, the popular kids, the cheerleaders, everyone. So as we get out of the car, I say to my wife, you know, these high school students have a huge problem with comparison. We walk into my brother-in-law's backyard. The first thing I noticed was... His four tricky bars. (laughs) His swing set had five Five monkey monkey bars. Five monkey bars. And all of a sudden, I thought, my swing set is junk. Yeah. Yeah. And I I realized, whoa, it's not just the high school students that struggle with this. I struggle with this. Because if you loved your children, you'd give them a five monkey bar. Exactly. And we're not, we, we still have three monkey bars at our house. We're all very satisfied with the are monkey they, bars. But are your children developmentally, they're behind everyone, <laughs> right? They're not as monkey-ish. It's been a challenge. It's <laughs> but been a challenge. It, but it's something as simple as that. Right. And then, or you move in and we had, um, we had a kid the other day come over and told my son that he thought our house was messy. Wow. Yeah. So I took him out. <laughs> I knocked him right over you know, onto a pile of something. But all of a sudden I'm thinking, What? Well, that happens all the time. Your kids say, hey, you know, everyone else has a phone. Oh, hey, dad, everyone else gets to go see this movie. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a comparison. Or what kind of clothes am I wearing? How do I look? How do I perform yeah. relative to well, others? I mean, I guess that makes sense that you'd compare. It ex- does. Except it doesn't bring you well, joy, and, and, happiness. And, and it may be – I have to admit it, it may be – there may be some cultural differences. I taught uh, this past summer in China and in my class in China, all my students – uh, were Chinese, and they had a very different view of comparison. Most of them said, I compare myself academically to others, and I, if I do worse, that motivates me to improve. Oh, interesting. But I found that oftentimes when I've talked with high school students in the United States, at, at some level, there's a discouragement. Mm-hmm. There's a, I got a 95 on my test. I'm so excited. What'd you get? I got 100. Oh, I'm not as smart as you. you know, even yeah. when I succeed, yeah. I, I feel bad in comparison to someone. Oh, my voice isn't as pretty as hers. Well, it seems like it's it is a death cycle because you will always find somebody that's better, better right. in, in any category. So you're really only happy as long as you're better 
I guess, than the people around you. And, and well, and that's kind of funny because a- after this experience, I started interviewing people actually to talk to them about comparison. Just I was at the Chicago airport, saw three young ladies, so I randomly approached them and said, I'm doing some research on comparison. Do you compare yourself to others? And one girl said, yeah, I try to have ugly friends so I feel better about myself. <laughs> and her friends were right there. <laughs> they like – uh, that's awkward. <laughs> They're mouth breathers. That's uh, sad. But but that's the point is that so then it it actually can create a very negative cycle. Yeah. If I want to surround myself with the people when I compare myself, I feel better about myself. That creates a very low bar yeah. uh, for who I become. Do well, I become my best self if I hang around with people who I say, oh, yeah, they're not that great. Because oh. I'm better than them. Well, and it never ends. You buy a house, so then your house has to be comparably better. You Your yard has to be your cars need to be i mean you're dead the minute you're in the game of comparison you're dead that's so true and and even if you are quote unquote better then you're still hurting yourself because oh, yeah. it, you know maybe you are smarter than them but maybe you were given more resources or a better gene pool right. or your parents you know taught you better so th- even to get at the idea then there becomes a strong connection between comparison and pride which also leads to unhealthy behaviors and attitudes now you have a dare that i guess you you have What's the dare that you give people? Yeah, well, what I do is it's just simple. Dare not to compare. Just those four words. Dare not to compare. Dare you not to compare. Dare you not to compare. Yeah. And, you know, we do all sorts of silly stuff when people dare us to do it. And I think if you take that dare not to compare, even just just watch yourself over a 24-hour period of time. Do you find yourself comparing? What do you do, though? I mean, I guess how do you – because for some reason, I guess it's fulfilling a need – it just it's like doing it destructively. Right. It's killing you as you're doing it. Well, I think part of it there's the there's two types of comparison, right? There's the I'm better than you yeah. and then the I'm worse than you. Yeah. Maybe the solution depends on the type of comparison that you have. Yeah. So what do you do if you say I'm not I, I I'm worse than this person? How do you resolve that? Yeah, you go under and then well, normally you wouldn't think that you're even worried. You're not worried about your comparison. The minute you start feeling negative, you just go in your hole. But the nice thing is I think if you're, if you're taking this dare not to compare, then hopefully instead of going in the hole, you can kind of yeah. go up yeah. and look down at the situation and say, wait, am I really worse than this person? Is yeah. that even the right question That's to be right. asking? Yeah. How, my better question might be what could, what could they teach me? Right. How could I learn from this person that knows so much more about this? And I think that's a great key. And also to realize it, it's not a competition. It's mm-hmm. not you versus me. And, and even if you are better than me in some area – Undoubtedly, I'm comparing your strength with my weakness. Oh, every time. That's okay. And part of it, I think, is just giving yourself permission to be your best self, not anyone else's best self or their best attribute. Because it seems like I call them overs and unders. So when somebody is overly confident because they're better than others or they're underconfident, either one of those are only in comparison. So your, your confidence still comes in contrast to another. But your con- you have to figure out a way – to find out who you are, not in contrast to everyone else. You have to find some other way to know you're valuable, you're incredible, you're essential. That's the hard thing, though, isn't it? And I think one of the keys is you can't, you can't look to the comparison. Right. You've got to look outward. And for some people, that's going to be your mom because your mom loves right. you no matter what. Yeah. Um, and for some people, that's going to be other sources of inspiration. But we can, I think, find value by looking to – not others, but ourselves. Am I doing my best? Am I doing better sure. than I did last week? And and that, I think, is a great direction to start. You also talk about gratitude, how gratitude could help us to kind of shore up 
this part of us. Yeah, and, and this is a little tricky because oftentimes uh, this last summer I took my children to Mexico. We did some humanitarian work, and and that changed me. And I think it changed them. And every once in a while, we'll talk about some of the things we did, and we'll say, "Well, I, I'm really grateful that we have X," yeah. and they didn't. And then one of my smart aleck children will say, Dad, dare not to compare. <laughs> you know, because usually I'll say something like, yeah. you should be grateful you had oatmeal for breakfast. Some people don't have any breakfast. And well, Dad, dare not to compare. <laughs> so it does – it comes back to haunt me, I guess. But I, I think there is something about the gratitude. If mm-hmm. I start saying, OK, here's some things that I have in my life that I'm grateful for, all of a sudden maybe some of the sting of comparison yeah. goes out. Because maybe I don't have everything perfect. But there are so many things that I do have. Oh, yeah. Well, and what's – again, not everything that's valuable can be measured, right? A lot of things have to just be measured with the heart and, you know, you might just be more sensitive. You might be more spiritual. You may not compare in every category. How do you compare empathy? Right. Oh, I'm so much more empathic <laughs> than those guys. I mean you're in a battle the minute you're trying to compare something that, that is more subtle that might matter more. Right. Or how, spirituality. <laughs> I mean – Man, I wish they were all as spiritual as I am. It's just – it doesn't work, does it? No. No, absolutely not. It's powerful though. That's – I mean I think when you get into this, you're, if you want to figure out your best self, you're not going to find it in everyone else's best self. You got to know what are you supposed to bring. Right. You've got to look at what you have and what gifts are uniquely yours and do the best you can with yeah. those things. And if you don't bring the best you've got – I mean again – one musician raised by another person compared to your parents might bring something else. So what are you supposed to bring to this world as a musician, as an artist, as a football player, as a human, as an accountant? And that's the key. The race is not against each other. Mm. It, and I think often we're in a competitive society. So it is. It's me versus you. How am I going to compete versus these people? And, and maybe one of the keys then along with gratitude is I just want to get outside of myself. Instead of comparing myself to you, I look at you and say, how can I help this person? How can I build them up? How can I help that's them huge. succeed? It's not me. Well, and two, parents need to make sure you're not creating the comparison. Well, John caught three balls. Why didn't you catch any balls? Right. You were right there. You dropped three in a row. And I, I, I think if when you say, well, you're smart and your sister's pretty, what they hear is yeah. you're dumb. That's right. Or yeah. you're ugly. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll take the negative side of the comparison. <laughs> That's so true. So be careful that you're not labeling. Oh, you're the smart one. Right. You're, but you're the funny one. Yeah. I was always just the funny one, which meant I wasn't anything but just a joke. <laughs> That's so sad. Hey, we're talking with Dr. John Hilton here from Brigham Young University. He's an associate professor of ancient scripture at BYU, spoke at Education Week. When we come back, he's going to be talking more about how to become your best self and how important your words may be in creating you know, the story you're telling. We're going to focus on our words and how the words make such a difference. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about being your or becoming your best self. How do you take life as it comes at you and how do you go, you know, turn it into, you know, lemonade? You're going to get lemons. Hello. That's what life's all about. 
But how do you do something with it? First, we've uh, we've asked Dr. John Hilton to join us. He's an associate professor here at Brigham Young University. He spoke at Education Week, which is a you know it's it's a, an on campus event where they teach classes. His class was specifically titled entitled "Becoming Your Best Self." And because of that, uh, he's been teaching us about taking responsibility, comparisons. So, Dr. John Hilton, welcome back. Thank you. Talk about words. You, I know that was one of your classes was on specifically the words you use. And this is one of my favorites because it, it actually relates to everything we've been talking about today. When I speak, do I use language of excuses, language of responsibility? When I speak, do I compare myself to others? How do I treat others? So much of it is in the words. Oh, yeah. If we can control our words. Yeah. That's huge. And it's it, – it, I guess people are like, oh, that's just the words, whatever. But the words make you think, right? And then the words make up the story and you're going to believe the story. Right. And, and over time, I think it's one thing to think it and obviously we got to control our thoughts too. But once we speak it, it we start to believe it yeah, more exactly. and more and more. There's a poem I once heard. Um, goes like this. I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a ho-heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung the beams and the sidewalls fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled, the kind you'd hire if you had to build? He gave a laugh and said, no, indeed, just common laborers, all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what builders have taken years to do. Mm. And so I thought as I walked my way, which of these roles do I try to play? Am I a builder with a well-made plan, lifting others the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks the town, content with the labor of tearing down? For me, that poem really just puts, puts in really stark context the words that we use. Am I a wrecker or am I a builder? And it's, it's so easy oh, yeah. to, to be sarcastic, down, to right? tear down. And it's a little more challenging to build up. But you think of the people in your life who have made the biggest influence on you. They were the builders. And and it's so subtle, isn't it? Because it doesn't have to be like a ton of just stroking of your ego or whatever. It's it's sometimes not saying something that should be said, right? Or that you that you would think would normally be said. What did uh, Thumper's father tell him? If you can't say something nice, yeah. don't say nothing at all. Right? That, that's the challenge. And by the way, that's going back to taking responsibility. A lot of us we can't believe someone's offended by what we've said, and yet. You didn't have to say it, and right. you didn't have to say it that way, and you didn't have to say it at that time, in that moment. I mean, we have a lot of choices about what we say. Yeah, and I think especially um, when we are consciously aware then of our words, how we talk, how we treat other people, it can, it can become enormously mm. important in becoming the very best people we can be and helping others to be their best. Well, imagine just the bullying that's going on with these kids nowadays. I mean, everybody – we we everybody had somebody on the on the playground that they knew was the bully, right? And ours it was the drug addict. We we didn't know if he did drugs, but he looked like a drug addict. <laughs> and um he probably had his own issues, his own pain, his own problems. But today, you know, you can be bullied by your friends constantly. They can just keep using words to tear you down. So talk about gossip, talk about uh I guess if you're trying to build yourself up with words, but you're tearing someone down, you're really not building yourself up. Right. I think gossip is, you know, whether you're five or 55 or 95, it's, it's yeah. hard. You know, who doesn't want to know the secrets and the latest news? And you tell me this and I'll tell you that. Right. But the idea is that we can use our, our language so much more productively. I remember one time uh, I, I, in a work context, I noticed there was one woman who anytime we started kind of gossiping a little bit, she would always just leave the conversation. 
She didn't, you know, preach a big sermon to us, but I noticed that and it made me want to live, yeah, live a little a better level. as well. So I, I don't know that we, like you said, sometimes the best thing is, is not what you say, but what you choose not to say. That's right. Well, and think of what that does. That, again, that's you taking responsibility and not being a part of, you know, furthering. Right. I choose to negative. separate myself. Stephen here. Covey always said that you, um, you need to be loyal to the absent. Right. So only speak about others as, as you would speak if they were in front of you. Well, and, and I'm sure we've all had experiences. I remember one time teaching a high school class, there was a student who just was always really bugging me, writing notes to her neighbors and stuff. And I talked to her about it, and I saw one day she was writing a note, and I was on the verge of you know publicly humiliating yeah. her. And I, fortunately, I just stopped. And after class, she came up to me and said, uh, you know, Mr. Hilton, here's a note that I wanted to write you about how much I love your class. You know, and it turned out that uh, yeah. sometimes maybe we're quick to look for the bad mm-hmm. or to comment on the negative. But if we're positive, uplifting, if we look hard enough, there's almost always something good That's we right. can say. Well, and there's a lot of words that would – that will always be good. I love yous. I'm sorry's. Thank you. My bad. Thank you. Yeah. I mean how many times would just a thank you? It makes a huge difference. Make a difference. Yeah, I, I, so I, I think back, you know, in, in some of the experiences that I had in high school, and even you know, as an adult, where maybe an offhanded comment, someone was meant to be funny, but it hurt me, and I remembered that, and I thought about that, and I'm sure the other person, you know, just kind of walked away, never thought about it again. So I think that's an important principle: is so often we hear humor mm-hmm. that is meant to be sarcastic, to downgrade, yeah. and, and that's easy to do, but. But I think that's something that, that overall does not help us become the best we can be. And there, I guess, too, along with words, there's tone, there's your timing. I it mean, sounds like you must have teenage children. Oh, mercy. I do. And they're beautiful. And But, the, I mean, like, you know, I just know there's just sometimes it's not worth talking about. Right. You know what I mean? It's, you just – we'll wait. I'll wait till I have a moment where there's more higher trust. Then I'll bring it up. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about what happened this morning? It's yeah. so easy to just go with – and we think as parents, if I don't tell them now, they won't learn the lesson. But So we end up pushing it when it's not the right time, when they're not going to hear it anyway. You know, I, I read a book once. I really liked this idea, and I, I'm sure everyone can tweak it. But the idea was talking to husbands and wives saying that you need to give each other – feedback on how things are going, but maybe you do that once a week. Yeah. So you can live in a criticism free zone for seven six days and twenty three hours a yeah. week. And then there's one hour where we're gonna let's sit down and talk about the hard issues. Yeah. And and I found that I'm not the you know perfect in implementing this, but when I do and so I'll I'll write something down, usually by the time yeah, it gets it to that point you're like, nah, that wasn't even a big deal. I know. And there's so many you know, what we thought was this huge issue that then we just don't worry about. You see, yeah, a lot of stuff will just dissipate. But then if you have this need to have to bring it up now, we've got to talk about it now. We have about a minute left because you, you've got to go pick up your kids. So here's the question that we ask everybody. If you were thinking about you know, what, what's the biggest key to becoming your best self, you've talked about taking responsibility, comparison, watching our words. What would you say is the one thing that makes the biggest difference? I think the biggest difference you – know, that, that's, a, that's a loaded question. It's, it's that, very loaded. That, that is a challenging I one. I even took away three you've already said. <laughs> See how that works. I think the biggest difference actually is in owning yourself. If, if, for you to say, I'm in control here. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my actions. That when you really understand that you're in control, 
that fundamentally changes everything else. You mentioned, Covey, yeah. going back to the idea of being proactive. Yeah. You're, that, a sort, you're an agent in your life. Right. And you're here to act, not just be acted upon. You're not here to just be tossed. You're here to, once you're tossed sometimes, figure out how you're going to act. Right. And so in that case, then you're in control of, of you make excuses to take responsibility. You're in control of comparison. You're in control of the words you use of every aspect of your life. Love it. That's Dr. John Hilton. Holy cow. John, appreciate you. Thanks. you got to run and get your kids. It's been great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're going to have you back. Dr. John Hilton, again, here from Brigham Young University. Uh, Good stuff. See, folks, trying to become our best self. This isn't brain surgery. It's just subtle, subtle work on our responsibility, owning ourselves. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more on this topic of becoming your best self. We're going to talk about our aspirations in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Today, I'll be your guide to becoming your best self. We've got a great program. Uh, Halfway through, by the way, we're starting our second hour here. Uh, Earlier, we were talking with Dr. John Hilton about the importance of becoming your best self, how you need to watch out for a few things. Make sure, you know, you're taking responsibility for your life. You're not out there just comparing yourself everywhere. And you got to watch your words because whatever words you're using, what you say will eventually become what you are. Great stuff. Now, the second hour, great lineup for us. First, we're, we're going to welcome back Merritt Meekham, who has been gallivanting in Santa Monica. Is that where you've been? Yes. Having fun on an internship, pretending to learn, but really just <laughs> sunbathing at the beach. You could, you could say that. No, I really was learning, but there also was a lot of beach involved. Because so. you came back sporting a nice tan. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried. You're sun-kissed. <laughs> Speaking of kisses, uh, James, how was your weekend? It's great. I don't know what it has to do with kisses, though. <laughs> James has a new friend. I've, I, yeah, I've heard that. I haven't, Wait, I've I haven't talked about it much. Around. But uh, they really <laughs> like each other. Oh, it's been great. Uh, that's exciting. She's fantastic. Yes, she is. Does she have a name? Molly. Molly's what we're calling her. Oh, okay. AKA. I'll approve of that. I the, like the code name. For some reason, it's code. Okay. People like to keep their girlfriends away from well, me. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> Why is that? If I were Molly, I might be nervous about having my relationship broadcast because, like, what if things don't, you know? No, what if they don't work out? out? But how, look at Dr. Passion here. I know. How could they not turn out? Well, that's, that's the real question. But <laughs> Boom. Yep. Oh, it's so cute. So here's the deal. Merritt has been doing some work on aspirations. So, you know, it's not enough to just, you know, work hard. You've got to have an aspiration. You have to aspire to be something more. Yeah. And we, we've been talking about how to become our best self. And so along with that comes all of these ideas of goals, where we want to end up. And this is kind of put in 
to focus when we're super, super young. I mean, we start asking oh, yeah. kids when they're like three or four what they want to be when they grow oh, up. Oh, I just asked Which my is son a this completely weekend. ridiculous thing to ask. But they because don't know. When I was four, I wanted to be a taxi driver. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Glad I didn't turn out yeah. as that. But, you know. Hey, you know, you're still young. Yeah, it's true. There is still time. <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> but, yeah, so we put this focus on it. I mean, you do career training even in high school and kind of this thing, pick your major. It's just all these decisions. What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to live? Yeah. And so aspirations are really important and they really guide us to what we, all the decisions that we make. Um, but sometimes, sometimes they change and sometimes we don't achieve them. And I think that's when Ugh. we really need to think about those aspirations. So one of my very, very favorite books is Little Woman by yes. Louisa Malcott, you know. One of those books I read when I was a kid, my copy's completely falling Shredded. apart. Yeah. And um, in, this, in the book, they're all sitting out. The sisters are all sitting out one day and they're, they're in the grass. It's a lovely summer day. And they begin to talk about what they call their castles in the air, where they want to be, what their yes. heaven would be, what they want to Their dream, their achieve. perfect yeah. 10. Yeah. Their, their perfect 10, what they, if everything went right, what they wanted. And the answers are very, they're very interesting. Um, Meg, who is the oldest sister, says she wants a lovely house full of all sorts of luxurious things. She wants heaps of money huh. and tons of servants so that she doesn't have to work but can. She said she would do good and make everyone love me dearly. Wow. Okay. There's a goal. Yeah. Joe, who's the second, kind of the main person in this book, she says that she wants to have a stable of horses, lots of books. Um, she wants to be rich and famous. And to become an author. Interesting. Yeah. So she's creative. She's a little into the wanting entertainment. Yes, exactly. Fun. And then Amy, who is the youngest, says that she wants to be an artist, go to Rome, make fine pictures, and be the best artist in the whole world. Wow. Yes. So these are, I mean, these kind of childish things, but I mean, they're things that those, even those childish things, they definitely guide what you want to do. Um, the interesting thing is that the other sister, Beth, says that she doesn't want anything at all except for everyone to be happy. Peace on earth. Yes. She's Tiny Tim. She's for that. She's, yes, the, she's tiny the tiny Tim of the Tim. family. Anyway, at the end of the book, none of the girls have achieved their dream. And yeah. that sounds really depressing. Cut, like, it sounds kind like of cutting life, straight to it. Right? Yeah. Um, what happened? Meg falls in love. She yeah. gets married into a very poor man and she has twins and she's busy all the time. <laughs> and uh, Joe, she publishes some stories, but she turns her focus to running a boys school with her husband. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Amy also gets married and she goes to Europe for a little while, but she has she decides to focus on her family, including her sisters. And so it's kind of this interesting thing. And not to say that if they had done those other things, it would have necessarily been better. Right. And if they had gone off in it was the 1800s, so it's kind of hard to say. But I mean, if they had had Kurds, it's not like it would be a, a less satisfying end to the story. Well, they would have, they would, if I'm a betting man, they would have wanted something else. Yes, exactly. Most of us end up wanting something else. And that was the thing is that they get together and at the end they say, Do you remember our castles in the air? And, um, This is what Joe says. She says, yes, I remember, but the life I wanted then seems selfish, lonely, and cold to me now. I haven't given up the hope that I may write a good good book yet, but I can wait, and I'm sure it will be all the better for such such experiences and illustrations as these. And so it's just I love seeing those two perspectives. You have, you know, you have the kind of young, you want the glitz and glamour of it all, and you have the older, wiser that, you know, all the experiences turned out great. And I wanted all of those experiences. And really, they're happy anyway. And so kind of what I take from this is, first of all, 
you your dreams are going to change and yeah. you're just going to have to deal with that and don't ever get hung up on what you thought you wanted to be yeah. which is a really hard thing to do cuz we all have this image in our mind ever since i was a little kid i wanted to be like a jazz singer oh yeah and sometimes i still go back to that and you i'm can like hit it. i kind of want to just drop out of school and be a jazz singer well should <laughs> we try it's it just let's this try image it now. in my head that yeah. i want to be that <laughs> the you know sultry yeah jazz like, you singer. know wear some cool black dress and yeah, yeah that is this image in my head. But you know what? I've chosen other things. Yeah. And so yeah. I can't I can't achieve that. But I'm not going to let that dream hold me back. Interesting. Um, the other thing is those aspirations weren't necessarily bad. Mm-mm. They really did help them on their way. Regardless, I mean, your, your aspirations will lead you to every decision that you make. And even though the aspirations will change, they're still leading you and guiding you. And it's so that's nice right. to have something that's that's pulling you in one direction. You well, don't want to stay stagnant. Isn't the aspiration just – it's kind of a manifestation of who you are. So – Yeah. And it, But it's just – it's an it's, we think it's tangible because I want to be really rich with all this money. But really what she might have is just the, like drive. Yeah. She just has drive. So mm-hmm. you just take that concept and it may not appear in money, but it may appear in education. It may yeah. appear that concept will still that aspiration can still live mm-hmm. somewhere else. Exactly. Um, and then just lastly, what what I always think of when I think about my goals is if you jump for the stars, you'll land on the moon. That's yeah. a phrase that I've, yeah. you know, I've heard before. And I just always kind of say that to myself because, you know, it, it seems ridiculous to say that you know, if Let's say you want to be a doctor and you decide you want to make some enormous medical discovery. Well, you know what? If you reach for that, it's very likely that you won't achieve it. Yeah. But the chances that you'll do something good are way. are way more high than it would be if you had not reached for something. That's right. And so if you reach for being if you reach for being this great author, but you manage to just write some cool news articles that change a few people's lives, it still makes a difference and you've still done some good. And so that that's what I would say is reach for as high as you can possibly get. Sure. Don't be don't hold back your dreams by what you think is supposed to happen or what you think you your abilities are. Don't yeah. limit yourself at all. And you'll probably be surprised what you can do. I love it. And because if you look at everybody that's succeeding, they all still then go do something else. Like mm-hmm. like all of these Academy Award actors are still politically active. Yeah, uh, President yeah. Obama is the president of the United States, except he you can tell he wants to be a pro golfer. And <laughs> but you've got so the dream doesn't have to die when you finally because no, what you'll find all. out is the dream was not the real dream. The, mm-hmm. There's the aspiration that's really you want to change lives, you want to help people. Yeah, that's and cool. so if you reach for that, there. I mean, you might not get all the way there. No. But the chance that you'll do something good is so much higher. See, I told you, James. You reach for the stars, you land on the moon. You reach for the tree, you're going to land in the mud. (laughs) That's comforting to know. Go for the moon. Drag your feet in the trees. (laughs) Or is the moon higher than the stars? The moon is closer than the stars. I know, but symbolically. Symbolically. No, it would still be lower than the stars. Yeah. Don't reach for the sun, though. You'll get burned. <laughs> okay. That was awesome. Thank Merit, you. way to welcome – I mean, way to come back. <laughs> well, I think I'm you, enjoying it. I'm, I think all that beach – back into the, the beach groove, time. Like riding a bike or something. The beach you know. time, riding, uh, riding <laughs> on the beach and all that you did. It's refreshed me. In fact, you still have sand coming out of all of your clothes. You know, that never stops. <laughs> oh, well. Could be worse. Well done. Man, Merritt Meekham. She's back. 
And we're all better for it. Okay, we're going to take a break. Now, in the house, Meg Conley's going to be here. I don't know if she's here, here. She's on the phone. Man. It's so hard. It's so hard to get her here. But uh, Meg Conley's up next. Meg in Progress is her website. You know, it's always crazy when Meg Conley's on with us. She's up next. She's going to be talking about, uh, you know, our dreams and how life happens to you and how to how to take your life and make it into something. A lot of fun stuff's been happening to Meg over the last few weeks. We'll be talking about all of that up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about becoming your best self. You know, uh, a lot of us get overwhelmed because uh, it's just so hard to keep everything working, everything happening. But maybe your best chance to grow is just in life as life is happening to you. You know, it's as we speak. You're living your life. Stuff is happening. It may not have been what you dreamt about, but... uh, we can take it uh, and, and make something into it. Um, let's do this. Let's go to Meg Conley. Meg Conley's on the phone with us. She used to be uh, able to come into the show, and she used to talk to us that way. Now she's reached another level of a uh, you know, contributor on the show where she no longer comes in. She sometimes shows up, and um, her posse you know, are always gatekeeping for her. Meg Conley is a writer who deals in womanhood, motherhood, spirituality. She's the mother of two kids, Zuzu and Viola, one husband, Riley, and she is, uh, you got to go to Meg in progress. Meg, are you there? I'm here. Where are you? You know, I'm just at home. Like, the reason I didn't come in is because I couldn't find a babysitter. My regular girl went back to, like, her senior year of high school, (sighs) and she's got, like, band practice. Wow, wow, wow. give that up. Watch my kids. Like, where are you going to go with band? Next time that I'm on. And I was going to bring the kids in and just let them play in the sound booth. Do, yeah. But um, Vi has a runny nose, and I know what you're like <laughs> about, like, the illnesses. Hold it. What am I like? I, I love a good illness. I'm getting over my own. No, you get, like, a little titchy, and you get, <laughs> you get like, a little blamey. Like, yeah. if I brought her in with a stuffy nose yeah. today. I'd blame you in a week. If you got a cold three yeah. weeks from now, yeah. it would well, be Vi's fault. Three months. Yeah, three months from now. I even told your producer, Maddie, because she said, just bring the kids Just bring them. Yeah, and I said, no, because Vi's a little bit sick, and I would never hear the end of it. And no, but you, if you just I keep them. I don't quote her directly, but she said you just needed to calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't listen to her. Hey, um, you just keep them in the other booth. Well, it's hermetically sealed. Nothing's getting in there. Nothing's <laughs> going to come into my room. You could glove up. I'm just at home. I'm near one mile from your fabulous studio. Well, you know what's amazing about you, Meg? Yes. (sighs) You've been on TV. You've been on Oprah. I have not been on Oprah. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be so fun. It would be so fun. Hey, if you go on Oprah, will you call me? Because I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring you and Marty with me. But you were on on, um, Good Morning America. Yeah, and Nightline. Nightline. I just filmed at the Steve Harvey show last week. Yeah, what was that like? That was crazy, Matt. Oh my goodness. This is I all was... this is because of one blog you posted and now you're 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 famous, some would say infamous. Infamous. 
insta. A lot of people think I'm insta. Yeah, but you're you, but <laughs> so you're on the Steve Harvey show. Yeah, so that's going to air towards the end of September, and they were so nice, and I was like such a country bumpkin. Oh, yeah. Like I try to act like I, yeah. I do this sort of thing yeah. all the time, as one does, right? Sure. Uh-huh. But you know, it was just embarrassing. Like I showed up with like a bunch of makeup. Like I said, here, okay, so I brought all this makeup. Just let me know. And they just are like, oh, honey, like we have a stylist. Sweetie, put your your cheap makeup away. (laughs) Put your makeup away. (laughs) You know, uh, that is, is, but I think that's endearing. That's cute. Yeah, well, I just, and they like picked us up in town cars. Oh, yeah. And in this town car, which I've never had someone else drive me around before. And I'm trying to like take an Instagram of me in the town car. But I don't want the guy driving to think it's my first time in a right. town car. Yeah, you don't want to so look like, yeah. Right. So I'm like holding the phone, <laughs> like kind of like, I don't know, like under my face trying to take uh-huh. it. Like I'm just getting like the double chin Yeah, shot, that's the worst you know? shot you can get. Yeah, I didn't end up posting it. So I should I should have just been honest about my inexperience. I, I heard you ate all of the food in the green room. Okay, here's the thing. They really bring you food. I know. And And Riley, he went on the show with me. And he's, he's, he's such a good sport. And he's like, you know, I don't think I'm going to eat anything because I didn't bring a toothbrush. And we're going to be talking to Steve in like 20 minutes. And I'm like halfway through like my tomato, onion, <laughs> ham sandwich. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Point. Yeah, good did you, idea, baby. Did you Sorry, ask him for a follow. toothbrush? I just like went and like tried to gargle with like <laughs> tap water in the bathroom. I looked like an idiot. No. And I kept asking really stupid questions. But it was really fun and they were so nice. Did you ever think so you'd nice. be this big? Oh, I don't am I that big? You're I, huge. No. You're very nice. <laughs> no, you're huge for I mean like like you've been on the Steve Harvey show. Oh, it was fun. It was so fun. No, never in a never in a million years. And this is this is what what I think is so happy for all of us is that you know, when we're little, they ask us that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? What did you? What was your answer, Matt, when you were like in the first grade? Uh, dancer. Was it really like Gene Kelly? Mm, more like Barishnikov. No, are you for real? Barishnikov was quite the ladies' man. He was quite the ladies' man, and he still is. well, you mean if you dance like Barishnikov, what lady doesn't want to dance? Want to, with yeah, you? to dance. With you, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, but did you really say answer? I love your first grade self. That's no, adorable. my first grade self was a paramedic. I wanted to be a firefighter. Oh, that's cool. Hey, you're a volunteer firefighter now. I was, yeah. I mean, I, I was actually an EMT. Yeah. Dreams come true. I got paid. Damn. I was a, I was a professional. <laughs> so I think, I think when we were asked that question from the first grade on, we felt like, well, that's a dream. That's not really going to happen. Yeah. I'll end up dot, dot, dot. Or... I would have to work so hard for that that the rest of my life will will suffer or whatever whatever our excuses are, right? Right. But the fact is, if if we are just excellent, like any time I go to my my mom or dad with like a worry about my future or my present, they would just say, "Just be excellent, and everything else follows." So if you're living your moments correctly, if you're living your days correctly, if you're being kind, if you're doing your best, then doors kind of open up. Yeah. There's not always the doors you'd expect, right? But they're usually the right doors. Well, that's the key, huh? So it, you almost just need to focus, and we were talking about aspirations earlier, you just need to aspire to excellence, to be the best you can be. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes that means, you know, my best is chicken nuggets for the kids and, you know, 
five hours of Dora the Explorer. Like, there are days when that is my best. Sure. I mean, for some, that's negligence. For others, that's just a stepping stone into a better world. You know, somewhere above the Nugget Marathon and somewhere below Oprah. Yeah. And when I'm hitting that, then then things do happen. People take notice. You know, I'm I'm a writer, and I've been publishing on my website for about two and a half years. And when I first started publishing there, I mean, honestly, Matt, my mom wasn't even reading it. <laughs> like, I would go over for dinner, and my dad would be telling me about, like, a line that he liked from my recent piece. Yeah. I'd turn to my mom, and I'd be like... What do you think, Mom? What, what did you think? Like, what was your favorite part? Like, what could I change? What could I... What am I doing well? And she would just look at me for a minute and be like, yeah, you know, I haven't <laughs> read it for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah, because you think your mom, but even my mom wasn't reading my work. But you know... Then, it wouldn't matter. Do you think Dr. Phil's mom, if she's alive, I don't know if she's alive, but do you think she, what if she's not, she's not watching his stuff. No, she's, well, she's a fan of something day. else. Right. Well, plus Dr. Phil, like, I probably wouldn't be watching either. <laughs> but see, I gotta be honest. <laughs> but that, but well, you know what I think is super cool about you because the articles you're now getting so known for or infamous, um, is, are, are the, are some of the earlier articles you wrote? Yeah, they really are. That's what's so crazy. But you got no, you got nothing on them. You, you you didn't get this big lift like you're getting now, which that should have, that could have discouraged you. That should have discouraged you. Yeah, absolutely. The one that went crazy on Huffington Post. Huffington Post picked it up um, a month ago, and it's been liked like 1.1 million times wow. on Facebook. I wrote that article a year and a half ago. Yeah. And Huffington Post just found it. And honestly, I don't even think it's my best work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, you want that one? I mean, okay, that's fine. Wait till they pick up your last one on your dad. Holy cow. Oh, wouldn't that be? Come on, Huffington Post. But that would be so, wouldn't that be in a way more interesting, more fun to go talk about? I mean, your your other one was interesting. Absolutely. It's scandalous, but it's interesting. It depends on it. Yeah, it is scandalous depending on who you're talking to. It's good. But if you produce it, like they will come, right? Yeah. If you build it, they will come. And so, and so that's not just for professional aspirations. That's for every aspect of your life. I'm homeschooling this year, despite mine. I thought you. I thought you already graduated. No, <laughs> I never graduated, Matt. I okay. just homeschool myself. Well, you know what? We're here for you if you need help with your papers. <laughs> Be what you should let me in. <laughs> you, you're homeschooling your children. So I'm homeschooling my children, and that's that's a little bit crazy, and it's this great year-long experiment I've undertaken. So, so I'm trying to be excellent, you know. Like yeah. we've gotten the right the right desks, and I got maps of the world, and the room looks ready to go. And do you have clothes? Have the right uh, curriculum. Do you have school marm so, clothes? I, well, you know me. Like I'm not going to be matching. <laughs> so yeah, definitely some a field trip appropriate clothing <laughs> and. And I think that we're going to have a really great year. Does yeah. that mean that homeschool will be like the rest of our lives? No. We'll even be like successful maybe to outsiders? Maybe not, but That's I'm being cool. excellent. And so something good will come of it. I love even it. Even if it's just realizing my kids should go to public school. That's <laughs> true. Like next year you're like, okay, these kids are going to public school. Oh, I Meg. Handle this. But you're great. So we're, we're talking with Meg Conley from meginprogress.com. She's There's hope, folks. So life is happening. You just need to be you and you need to be the most excellent you you can be we're going to take a break with meg when we come back she's going to give us more tools more ideas to uh maybe to pick up our game a bit maybe find a way to be our best self 
More with Meg Conley from Meg in Progress right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. To the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're taking on uh, the topic of becoming your best self. Life's easy to get overwhelmed, right? And there's always something new. There's always something we wish we did better. Some of us get, as, as we kind of talk about becoming our best self, we end up becoming our worst critics along the way. And uh, we want to give you some tools for how to overcome that and how to just take life day a day at a time and find some peace in your progress. Who better to teach us that than Meg Conley, writer, uh, TV personality extraordinaire. She's on the Steve Harvey show, which will actually be out in a few months, I guess. But um, she's been on Good Morning America. She's been on Nightline. She's been on the show Cops. (laughs) Bad Boys. Yes, you have. Running from the trailer. You know, you have to be nice because as you were talking, I was thinking, and this is so schmaltzy, I'm so glad that people have Matt Townsend. Oh. Like, you say good things. People need to hear your insight. Oh. And then you had to get all rude. <laughs> hey, I can you take back that kind comment now? Can you just email that comment in so we have yeah, a hard copy of it? So that you can read it aloud mm-hmm. next Tuesday. Yeah, ne- that's it. See, that's a, I, I want to just make sure I remember what you said. But but don't like, deny. This is recording this, right? Yeah, yeah. You've been on the show, cops. Let's not deny that. No, but that would be quite a cameo. You yeah, were in the back I seat mean, of a car, a, yelling with the window up. I have been arrested in the Dominican Republic. I remember that. That's right. As we spoke about it's pretty close. Yeah, no, I remember that. That's pretty close. That was again, so, just for the the those that aren't with us every week. You were pretending to be a, a human trafficker. Yeah, what is my life, Matt? Like, I hear you, like, recounting what I've done for the past yeah. month, and I sound like a crazy person. Yeah, it's weird. You know, uh, I mowed my lawn the other day. Hey, that's excellent. And you're changing lives daily here on yeah. BYU Radio. I, I, we are. That's the goal. That but, is. It's true. But we couldn't but do it without I, you. Stop. You know, as you were talking, I, I love what you said about how we become our worst critics, because it's so true. We think that becoming our best selves means pressure like we have to right we have to let ourselves be squeezed into these diamonds right yeah and 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 it's just not true i think that what you do to relieve the pressure is figure out who you are what you want and the steps that you need to take to get there and honestly at the top of that list should be things that we should all be embodying all the time i mean am i kind do i look out for my fellow you know human beings Am I am I taking care of my family? I mean, some of the things, some of the things that we think are so uh, primary that we don't even need to address them are the things that are going to open up these doors to these bigger opportunities, greater right. life experiences, and and they're also the easiest ones to address in our lives. But you're you know? already doing it. I mean, I think I think you're right there because we we think, oh, you know, well, we all can't be Oprah. 
Right. But we don't need another Oprah. We have an Oprah. We need a mom. We need somebody that's looking out for others, somebody that's kind. We need... We need everyone to just be themselves. And they're already a diamond. It's not like you're here to prove you're of worth. Exactly. You're already a diamond. Exactly. Oh, we are so on the same page. Mm. I love when that happens. You know why? It it's because we both watch that. Oprah. <laughs> you know, I have only seen one episode of Oprah in my life. Oh, boy. It's probably my greatest failure. You're a denier. No, and I think it was like, because I had a crush on whoever she was. You know, it was like in high school. Yeah. It was whoever she was. It was, was. Tom Cruise. And he was I jumping. Was Matt, I, th- think, I think it was Matt Damon, but I uh, should have seen this Tom Cruise one. Yeah. That's cooler. Yeah. But for see, sure. But see, the goal is you don't – your job – we don't need more movie stars because when you finally make it to be a movie star, did you hear the story? Somebody hacked oh into their gosh. email and now they're That's showing crazy. all their bad pictures. That's crazy. See, we don't need yeah. that. We just need right. you to be the best accountant, the best neighbor, the best friend, the best police officer, the whatever you've got. Right. And well, it's like, okay, going back to when I was in the Dominican Republic a couple weeks ago, a lot of people, um, I got a lot of feedback on that trip, like going to rescue those kids, Mm -hmm. human trafficking. And and most of the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. But uh, with everything, there are controversial notes, right? Sure. And and somebody was upset because they felt like, well, sure, you saved you, that team saved those 26 kids. But I know that there are thousands of kids that this is happening to, like, on that island. Sure. And you didn't do anything for them. Mm. Well, I think that in life we can feel that way sometimes. Sure. Sure, today my kids had breakfast and their teeth, you know, got brushed. But what about yesterday morning when that didn't happen? Or what about the popcorn for dinner we're about to have tonight? I mean, we can (laughs) always find, because we did that the other night. (laughs) You can always always find the what about the dot, dot, dot. What matters is the individual that you're affecting. That's all that we can do, and it's the best that we can do. Sometimes that individual is yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And and exactly. You don't think the 26 that you saved, what would they say? Right. We mattered. So. Right. So, I mean, you can be the naysayer, and you see that with everybody out there. The last thing we need, I guess— are just these perma naysayers. I mean, the reality is, then you pick up and do something. Great. Tomorrow we'll try more. Tomorrow right. I'll try better to save some more. Right. Well, and you know, you hear that, like, when I first read that that email that said that, I thought, how ridiculous. Like, you're ridiculous. It's easy to look at that kind of logic when it's outside of ourselves and think that it's ridiculous. Mm. But we constantly apply that kind of logic to, to ourselves. Our I agree. All like, it's not time. good enough. Yeah. Yeah, because tomorrow they'll get bad grades. Tomorrow your kids won't be. Tomorrow sure. your kids, you'll give them a hot dog instead of popcorn. Right. Oh, you yeah. can't win. Well, and like honestly, I'm trying to think. The last time that like I brushed, like maybe they had their teeth brushed 28 hours ago. Like I'm not sure. Like, uh, kind of funny like okay, well, let's stop. <laughs> let's stop right there for a minute. Um, yeah, you you got to get their teeth brushed though. Well, I, I think, hey Margaret, have you brushed your teeth? She says no. She never. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hey, I know what you're going to do after the show. <laughs> yeah. You march those kids right in there and brush their teeth. We'll get those teeth taken care of. <laughs> it's usually not a big deal until I don't know they want a date. <laughs> right. Well, they're all baby teeth. So it ah. matter. Yeah, those are disposable. <laughs> but I. So this is this is an exercise that I've started doing, and I would love for your listeners to do this too. Okay. When I have a negative thought about myself. Yeah. Um. I take it out of the voice that applies to me, and I look at it like it's an email written to me about a different situation. Hmm. And if it's logical, if I can find merit in it, then I'll address it. But if I see it, 
in that context, and I think it's ridiculous, and I'm just not going to think about it anymore. Okay, give, us, give us an example. Well, okay, um, this, okay, two months ago, I came home to Riley after a night of trying to write and getting nothing done. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not good at it. Nobody cares what I have to say. Um, I, I'm just kidding myself. I'm delusional. This was two months ago. And he was like, oh, okay, well, let's just let's just let you sleep on that, okay? So yeah. I tried to think about everything that oh, I had said. He's a saint. The third party. Well, there was a lot of I and me in there, right? Yeah. So that's pretty ridiculous. And I didn't say anything that could be backed up by any sort of um, fact. You know, any, <laughs> yeah, there was no real nothing. data. There was no real data. That's just there. real negative interpreting is all that exactly. is. Exactly. And so and so I decided that it didn't have merit. The same way that when I get an email from a reader that just calls me a bunch of names but doesn't actually say what I've done wrong, those emails don't have merit. Yeah. I have gotten emails that point out things I've done wrong that are totally legitimate. Sure. I listen to those. Like, that's good constructive criticism. But so this was just emotion, right? Yeah. Well, okay, Within three weeks, a bunch of things started happening because of my writing. Like, what if I had just what, taken down the site, yeah. which was what You're I was going to do that yeah. night? Like, I'm just done. I'm not going to do this anymore. What is the point? That is silliness. That's I great. Think that's the most recent example. So you I don't you don't really follow the emotional like lead. You don't you don't take no. you don't let emotion be the guide. You kind of say, I need to take a step back. I need to look through that as as if it's an email. I need to see if there's real data to support it. Yes, right. And then, according to Riley, you just need to sleep on it one night. Yeah, he's like, have you eaten? Oh, you have? Okay, go to sleep. <laughs> have you brushed your teeth? Because our kids haven't for two days. Listen, I brush my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. At least somebody in your family is getting their teeth brushed. No, but I think that's – see, what you're doing is you're you're taking your um, – you're kind of humanizing it. You're – you're allowing it to not just be this evil, negative, interpreted, highly emotional, reactive event. Absolutely. And you're separating it from you a little bit and analyzing right. it. Right. And it gives it puts me back in the steering wheel. Like, That's great advice. Wheel, right? So anyone could do that. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some sort of clinical term. I'm sure I didn't like coin that. No, that's, sure that's great. Something that a lot of people do, but it's it's incredibly helpful. And I think, and we talk about this all the time, but make lists. Like, what are your top three goals for the next six months? Don't overwhelm yourself. Choose three, and maybe one is making sure your kids have their teeth brushed. Yeah, every sure, day. sure. Right. That's right. And maybe another one is publishing something to Huffington Post. I mean, yeah. they can be on the spectrum of your, and then and then pursue them. And some of them you're going to hit, and some of them you're going to go just beyond, and that's okay. I love it. Plus, you could just go even to the aspiration or the deeper principle, health. I want to make sure my kids are healthier this this month. Right. I want to have growth. And one example of growth would be on Huffington Post. But I, it could also just as easily get in Parenting Magazine, and that would be yeah, great absolutely. too. absolutely. Absolutely. So you can almost make it a principle instead of just – this one position, because how many times do you not hit this one position, and then you're like, "I'm a loser." Right. I didn't even get on Huffington. But it's like buckshot, right? Like it kind of goes everywhere. Yeah. So like you're gonna end up hitting something. Yeah. Like, it. do, do, does that count as a Deer Hunter 2014? Yeah, that does. You just got dinged. Yes. By the way, I think that was your first Deer Hunter, uh, uh, Deer Hunter 2014 metaphor or example used in one of your talks on the show. Punch right now. 
you've, I think we just reached one of your goals for 2014, yeah, didn't we? I did. I only had three, and that was one of them. Wow. The other one's brushing my kids' teeth every day. The uh, other one's eat more bacon. Uh huh. So. Oh, and then see your parole officer. Let's give her another <laughs> ding for 2014. Good job. Seriously, though, Meg, you're you're doing it. You're you are the living example of somebody that just lets life. I mean, you you grab life by the throat. <laughs> it sounds aggressive, but you you take you do the best you can with life. But then you just kind of let it go too. You've had a big year. I have, and but I think you also need to like be okay with the fact that I think that sometimes we think that bigness is always surrounded by other like greatness right right it's right really surrounded by like a lot of like dirty diapers and dull moments and mac and cheese and like <laughs> yeah. that's okay that's right like th- those are important moments too that move you from one big moment to another see that's it that and and in all honesty that's also means you're probably moving a lot more than these big moments along you're moving a family along you're exactly. moving your marriage along i love that you're moving a lot of a lot of things at the same time Matt, you're pretty wise. People should pay you to talk about wise things. Oh, man. You have no idea. <laughs> that is so true. In fact, that should be – make sure you capture that because that's going to be a commercial. <laughs> you just made my next commercial. Commercial for the Matt Townsend Show. Meg, we love you. You're the best. Uh, you know, anytime – I will be in the next time that I – Oh, in, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever. But um, – Even if it means bringing my snotty kids. Bring them. You're snotty meaning phlegmy. Yes, yeah. like actual mucus. Yeah, you're not demeaning your children. Your children no. actually carry microorganisms in their phlegm. Right, right. <laughs> also known as snot. Bring them in. We've got a we've got a, a a little incubator room that you can just put them in there and they can fester with the rest of the producers. That's perfect. I'm sure that Mike is very excited. Hey, are you going to stick around for this last block or do you have to go get some noses wiped? Oh no, I totally can. Okay, stick around. We're talking. We're going to share our goals, our aspirations. Up next on the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. That is the hoedown music, which means it's time to wrap up this crazy uh, party that we call the Matt Townsend Show. Here's the deal. You know, we've all got dreams. Some of us wanted to be firemen or cowboys. Others wanted to be fashion designers or princesses. But then reality And we know who's in. who. <laughs> then, but reality sits in. Sets in, you know. And uh, here you are all getting college degrees. And then maybe it won't work out. So we're going to find out what your aspirations are. We're, I, we're going to – I want to know. What do you all want to be when you grow up? Sean, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, that's a good question because I haven't grown up yet. I know that. And in fact, management has been talking about that. Yeah, I'm sure they have. <laughs> What's Sean going to grow up? My, my, ki- my kids ask me that all the time actually. <laughs> Yeah, mine just stayed it. Grow up. Actually, they don't when ask I, you yeah. just stayed it. No, when I was a kid, actually, I had aspirations of going to Cal Berkeley. Did you? Yeah, I had no idea what I was going to study. I just wanted to go to Cal. You wanted to be a hippie? <laughs> I, no, not that I know of. Okay, you've got hippie. Hair. Um, I did want, uh, and then later on in life, I wanted to be the play-by-play broadcaster for the San Francisco Giants. Oh, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. What happened to that dream? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it died. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still there, but it, it's like no, because I because I can see, I can see the uh, the history. I don't know the history of the game as nearly as well as the people who are doing it. So yeah, yeah. Wow, you would have been great. Sure. Now you're now but you're the play by play guy for the Matt Townsend show. There you go. Still great. It's like out of here. Seems like a big fall. Um, <laughs> uh, is Meg on the phone? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Meg, what's your dream? Okay, since I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a writer, and Ooh, so now, really, yes, like since before I could read because I didn't read till the end of the first grade. I wanted to write. Wow. So talk about impossible dreams. But what I what my dream now is to publish a book. So, really. Yeah, if we're talking like professional aspirations, and then you know all the other what kind of happy book? babies, happy husband. Yeah. Um. So I'm actually writing book proposal right now for a book on womanhood. So we'll see how that goes. Holy cow! Yeah, I have like an agent and everything. If there's anything so, I can do. For real, I, I'm going to call in a lot of favors, Matt. I'm not even joking. Oh boy! I've already like I'm like I have oh assigned food values uh-huh. all the favors that I'm going to ask of you. Okay. So like a really big favors, I feel like. That's like brisket. Like I'll bring you some sort of brisket. Ooh, yeah, that sounds big. <laughs> Medium rare. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want the brisket to be delivered, it needs to be medium rare. Okay, deal, deal. That sounds so, big. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Gosh. Well, you'll, I, I have no doubt you'll get that done. Anyone? Oh, can, yes, we'll see. Anyone we'll can see write a book. You'll get it done. It'll be a New York Times bestseller, and then you'll be, you know, you'll take over. The morning show on Good Morning America. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine? That'd be no, huge. I just want to keep being a guest on the Matt Townsend show. I'm not joking. Okay, dream this higher. Is not me kissing up. This is this is like always the funnest interview that I do. Is it really on your show? Always, 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 always. Well, just so you know, we always laugh at your interviews. <laughs> we always do. Every time we're like, no way. That just went on the air. Oh, I didn't snore it this time. Come on. That was good. Hey, um. Okay, who's got another one? Maddie. Maddie, what's your dream come true? Um, well, I this is really dumb, but I really what I want to do is just be happy. That's not dumb. That's that amazing. Is Maddie is the best answer. <laughs> Good answer. No, I just Good answer. That's I mean, a ding. That's a ding. There's just so many things right that I could do, but like really what it all comes down to is I want to do what will make me and others around me happy. You will do you know what my son does to be happy? What? Video Drugs? games. Oh, well. Just video games and chips all day long. <laughs> okay. Well, try it. Well, uh, I don't know if that would make me happy, but and no, I want to make myself and others around me happy. So I'm going to I'm going to Yeah, you you got to follow your own dream, not my son's dream. Good. Good advice. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> that's that's why we're, that's a see with that that seems like the byproduct aspiration. I mean, that that's that's the outcome is you're going to be happy. Like what would you want to do all day? Be happy. <laughs> be happy all day, be wow. Okay. Boy, you're asking for a lot. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thanks, Matt. I feel like you crushed my dream. No, no, no. It's a great dream. <laughs> it's a great dream. Dream. No, dream it. Dream, dream, dream. <laughs> That's great. Uh, James, do you have a – what's your aspiration? Well, when I was a kid, I always aspired to be president of the United States. Really? <laughs> yeah, I always shot high. Well, yeah. in two years, there's an opening. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm actually going to apply. I'm getting my resume ready and Great. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, put it so, into the employment agency. Yeah. <laughs> I'm applying for president of the United States. Yeah. 
That's a great dream. That's a yeah. great aspiration. Yeah. So, do, do you still have that one? No, not so much. Well, especially with this show, I don't. I don't it doesn't. Uh, it's not conducive. No. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of because like, apparently we're a dream shatterer. Well, with all the punishment I take every single day, yeah. it's well, like, yeah, you're losing your credibility. Your credibility is yeah. is quickly diminishing. Well, but you are the doctor of passion. Yeah, so that's that's the one thing I got going for me. Doctor with a K. Wouldn't you like that though? Having a president of the United States who has a PhD in passion. See that that right there. Well, what, I mean, what, what would that get us? Like we would get the most. We get the most passionate speeches. Italians, like that's yeah. about it, right? Oh yeah. Well, you know, we we need more passion in this in this world, right? Oh, so true, <laughs> so true. So we've got happy, we've got a writer, we've got Sean, whose dream's been dashed, shattered, shattered because oh he's God. he's not the play by play giants. Alyssa, what have you got? What's your dream? Okay, so we'll make it a reality. I want to be a sideline reporter for sports. Do you for really? ESPN? Really? Yeah. So we're shooting high. We're That's going. Really high. I'm all about the big goals and what making sport? them happen. Well, I think it'd be fun to do football and basketball and baseball. But That's great. whatever they give me, you just Even take cricket, it and yeah. run with it. I'm like cricket. Oh, yeah. All right. That's oh. kind of like baseball. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to put together an audition tape? We could put it on the air right now. Yeah. I have it in my pocket. Actually, do you carry it with you? <laughs> I'm like, does At anybody want to hear it? Right. Always, always a dreamer. Keep always. it, keep it in your pocket. It's always ready. That's um, that's great. See, because I wanted to be a TV radio guy. Well, look, you did it. I got a bachelor's degree in it. Is it everything you've ever dreamed? No, of? and then um, I left eh. it because it's a hard life. Then I found where I was good in marriage and family stuff where I could make a difference. Found your niche. Then I got more educated in it. And yet I still came back full circle to radio and TV. <laughs> there you go. So part of the deal is don't ever give up your dream because it right. might you might shelf it for a while and then it'll come back. Oh, I totally agree. It'll happen. Yours will happen. Yeah. All of yours will happen. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Matt. Is her the only one happening, Matt? No, yours is happening. Yours is already <laughs> happening. Yours is guaranteed to happen. Maddie's is for sure going to happen at least for a weekend. For a weekend. Oh, I mean, it's anyone, right? Happy. Oh, she's mad. She's mad. I'm not going to look at her because she's really mad at me. Hey, good job, Meg. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to come in again. I miss you guys. We, we miss you. And uh, please go brush your children's teeth. Yeah, um, I, 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 that was, you know, they brush their teeth every day. No, that's a friendly that's reminder real. for everybody that's listening to the show. That's not for you. Uh, here's the deal. One quote for you on the way out. No one has ever made himself great by showing how someone, oh, by showing how small someone else is. No one has ever made himself great by showing how small someone else is. That was uh, Irvin Himmel. Tomorrow, guess what? Best of show tomorrow. We're going to be back live on Thursday. Uh, talking before I do a report from the National Marriage Project about experiences you should have, things you should know before getting married. Folks, again, thanks for joining us. Help, thanks for helping us find the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.